This film is a detective story in which you are the detective. The question is not who is the murderer, but who is the werewolf? After all the clues have been shown, you will get a chance to give your answer. Watch for the werewolf break. David, and this is my wife, Sherry, and on this episode, we'll be doing the 1974 film, The Beast Must Die. Now, I will pass it off to Sherry and let her go for her history of the film, because I feel this will be pretty quick. <laughs> Nada. I don't have any history. <laughs> no history. <laughs> Two viewings. <laughs> Two viewings is history. <laughs> we watched it Thursday and Saturday. Thursday, when we watched it, I didn't, I didn't dislike it. I just, it, I was kind of bored. Like, I was just having a hard time following what was going on. You know, I might have been a little bit tired from work, but Saturday I liked it much better. I actually, you know, started paying attention to more. Because I just wanted to know, because I just kind of set my mind on who I thought it was, and then I wasn't really paying attention to the other stuff. Yeah. Which, it was giving clues all through the thing. Um, It kind of twisted it on you. If you did pay attention, you could. Even if you were going backwards and you realized, okay, that's what they were trying to do. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> but I I liked it much better the second time. You know, I'm not a big werewolf movie person, so it was, well, this werewolf was very interesting looking anyway. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. <laughs> you know, they claimed it was a werewolf movie. <laughs> yes. Well, it was called. Their werewolf. version. Yes. I guess you've seen it, you know, a lot in your your history. I don't dislike it, but it's not my favorite. Well, so. as we go to the end of the podcast and our final thoughts, mine are pretty much the same. But my history on this film is I seen this when I was around 11, 12 years old on a show on Saturday afternoons called Movie Bazaar that used to be on our local channel 21. And I remember I just seen it as a werewolf film, and I was a big fan of werewolf films, so naturally I checked it out. I did not guess who the werewolf was. Uh, I was I was a tad bit off. I still remember who I picked even back then. But I did enjoy the movie. You know, I mean, even back then, I didn't think it was the greatest movie I ever seen. But I did enjoy it. And of course, for years there, I never could find it. I don't I don't recall ever you know spotting it on VHS or anything. I know eventually it came out on DVD, and the DVD looked pretty good, and I still actually have it. Uh, but then uh, Severin came out with a Blu-ray probably a couple years ago or so. I mean, it's just an excellent quality picture. 
Yeah, and this is 1974, so yeah. I wasn't even born in yeah. 1974. Well, I was only two years old at yeah. the time. I mean, I can just say the Severin Blu-ray after the podcast, if you're interested in this film, that's definitely the version to pick up if you really want to see the film. I guess what we'll do now is we will drop the trailer here, and then we will come back with the cast, crew, and then plot synopsis. Okay. When the moon is full, the beast must right. die. One of you is a werewolf. <laughs> You must track down the werewolf. One of these eight people is a werewolf. Can you guess which one? 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 One of these eight people will turn into a werewolf. Can you guess who it is when we stop the film for the werewolf break? See it. Solve it. But don't tell. The beast must die. Rated PG. Well, first off here, we have a director, Paul Annette. Now, he hasn't really done a lot of films from what I've seen. I think The Beast Must Die was actually his first film. And after that, he kind of mainly just went into TV. Things called like Dead of Night, New Scotland Yard, Grange Hill, and The East Enders. Now, I have heard of Grange Hill and The East Enders. I've never seen them. These are British. Yeah, these are all British, British. shows. okay. And I've seen none of these. Mm-hmm. I've heard of a couple of them. Now, have you seen any of these? East Did, Enders. You've seen these. I've seen some. You've seen some. You know, when we had direct TV, I would watch BBC. Oh, yes. I see, we don't have that now. Yes, so. that's right. So it, showed, it, it mm-hmm. aired on there? Okay. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've heard of those two, but nothing pops up to me about them as far as if I've ever viewed them. That's pretty much the director and the cast. First off, we go into Calvin Lockhart as Tom Newcliffe. Now, he is a mainly a guy, TV and film. And I've seen a number of, of his films. Cotton Comes to Harlem. He was in Myra Breckenridge. Uptown Saturday Night. Get Christy Love. Coming to America. Films like that, of course, you know, you know all about coming to America. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Wild at Heart, Predator 2. And some of the TV he did was things like First and Ten and Good Times. Mm-hmm. which I remember I used to watch Good Times a lot, and they I don't do. remember him being in Reruns. that show. <laughs> yeah, but I know he passed away in 2007, and I thought he was like really good in this film, but every film I've seen him in, he's been pretty good. Oh, I loved him in this movie. Yeah. I just, there was something about him. Yeah. He, he was very, like, you were just drawn to him. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. He played it very yeah. arch and kind of mm-hmm. a little bit over the top, mm-hmm. but not too much to where it was too much. His voice was kind of like intriguing to me. Yes. The way he spoke. Yeah, I enjoyed watching But I know him. as we'll get into trivia, there's some interesting uh, things <laughs> about him. Oh, okay. Yeah. But and uh, next, of course, we have uh, Peter Cushing. People who know British horror films or, you know, films in general will probably know who Peter Cushing is. Mm -hmm. plays the character of Dr. Lundgren in this film. And, of course, Peter Cushing, you know, Hammer films, such as Horror of Dracula, Curse of Frankenstein. And he did some other films for Amicus, like The Skull and things like that. And, of course, he was in the original Star Wars. Yeah. As uh, Moff Tarkenton. Or Moff Tarkin. Yeah, Moff Tarkin. Tarkin. And And that's who I knew him from. I'd never seen anything else. Well, that's where a lot of people do know him (laughs) from, because that's probably the biggest film he was ever in. And he passed away in uh, 94. 
But, I mean, he had an amazing career. I could name off his credits for an hour, probably, because he was in so many films, and he is good in every film he's in. Even if the film around him is crap. He's Even though good. I thought in this movie he was a little weak. Well, he was... Or maybe he was supposed to be. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, he was... This movie is more of an ensemble than anything, and he wasn't really carrying the film in this one because everybody had their parts right. in it. Right. It wasn't like... And they had a reason to be there. Yeah. Now, when you watch something like one of the Frankenstein right. films or something like that, he's more... His he's film, a lead. And he's carrying it. Yeah. It's totally different. But yeah, I can, I can see coming from I just there. thought even the way they had him dressed, everything was just a little like... Well, I'll get to that in the okay. trivia, too. Okay. There's an interesting thing about that. Okay, and uh, the next one I have is Marlene Clark, and she was Caroline Newcliffe. She was Tom's wife. Yes. Now, there was some films I was kind of surprised that she was in. She was in Enter the Dragon, briefly. I think she was, uh, there was a character, John Saxon, or John Saxon was in the film, and I think his character in there, she was like his secretary or something like that in that film. And hmm. I, I, Yeah, I didn't even realize she was in it. And she was in uh, Ganja and Hess, which is a very bizarre film. And uh, also, one that surprised me was Switchblade Sisters, because I just watched that film about six months ago, and I don't remember her in that film at all. Hmm. But that, that's actually one I might end up doing on the podcast at some point. That's like a fun movie. And she was in a lot of TV, like Bonanza. She was in a TV show, McLeod. And she was even in Sanford and Son. She was like Lamont's girlfriend in oh. that show for a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which uh, I didn't remember that at all. So, yeah, so she mainly, she popped up in just a lot, a lot of TV, a lot of film, kind of a mix. I think she's retired now from what I understand. But yeah. If I remember correctly, Peter Cushing brought her a bouquet of flowers the first day of filming. So, like, would this be in... You know, they kept referencing Great Britain in this movie. Were all all these actors were not British. I think they were for the most part. But here's the funny thing about it. I'll get something in trivia later. This is not where the movie was set. Oh, okay. Yeah. But next we go into uh, Charles Gray is Bennington. And he's another actor I've seen in many oh, things yeah. over the years. He was in films like, he was in Rocky Horror Picture Show. You Only Live Twice. He was in that Scarlet miniseries, the one that was the sequel to the Gone second, with the Wind. Oh, yeah. He was in that. Theater of Blood, and uh, and one of my favorites, The Devil Rides Out with him and uh, Christopher Lee. I love that movie. That's so good. But he's like somebody who's just been in, you know, he was in films, it's some solid films over the years. All year. over. <laughs> yeah. And he died in 2000, which I was kind of surprised by that. I thought he died a little later than that. But, yeah, that kind of surprised me when I seen that he'd been dead for at least 10 years now. But And then next we go, Anton Differing as Pavel. Now, this is another guy. A lot of different films I've seen him in. Where Eagles Dare. I remember that film very well. The Man Who Cheated Death. He was in that a soccer movie with... Sylvester Stallone called Victory, which I have not seen in probably over 20 years, but mm. I do remember watching that film. He was in uh, a Jess Franco favorite of mine called Faceless. He was in that, and uh, Mark of the Devil also. And along with that, a very kind of strange giallo called The Iguana with the Tongue of Fire, which is a very odd film, but I do like it. And he died in 1989, so he's been dead for a while. I didn't think he was that old. I mean, he didn't look that old in this movie. 74 to 89? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He didn't, I mean, he looked like maybe he was in his early 40s, maybe at the time he did this movie. So, I don't know. Um, okay, and next we have Sir 
I, I can never find that surname. Serana Madden? Is, is it Kieran? 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 Uh, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I was always having trouble pronouncing her name. as Davina. Now, she mostly did TV, but there's one movie, I, this sounds familiar to me, Swing Kids. It was a movie in the 90s. I thought that was kind of like, you remember when I used to, was doing the musicals like Newsies and everything yeah. like that? And I thought this was another one so, that was in that vein. But that's the only title that she's been in that jumped out at me next to some of the TV stuff like Sense and Sensibility. And she did Mrs. Marple, Miss Marple and the Agatha Christie Hour. So she mainly just kind of seemed to focus on TV for the most part. And like I said, these shows, I have never seen any of them. I'm very curious about the Agatha Christie Hour, though. I bet that's kind of like, you know, something like this movie, actually, just like mm-hmm. murder mysteries and yeah. things like that. So I would be I would be definitely interested in checking that out. Next up, we have Tom Chad. I never can say his name. Chadbon. Chadbon, yeah. It's Paul Foote. Now, he's another one. Various films, you know, Casino Royale. He was in a movie called Shooting Fish, but also a lot of TV like Doctor Who, Blake Seven, and uh, he was actually on Game of Thrones. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know who he was on there. Hell, I'm actually kind of shocked now that I think about it. I'm shocked a lot of these actors weren't on Doctor Who at some point. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Because that seems like that show ran so long. I figure every actor's probably passed through Doctor Who at some point. I have my own names for some of these people. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get to that as we go. <laughs> and last but not least, uh, Michael Gambon as Jan. You know, of course, a lot of people probably know him from Harry Potter. Dumbledore. Yep. The second Dumbledore. Yeah, the second Dumbledore. He's been in films like Godsford Park. He was in The Insider. He was in uh, The Cook, The Thief, His Wife and Her Lover. He was in The Kingsman, which I don't remember him even being in that film. Uh, Open Range. And he did TV stuff, like TV movies, like Little Women. He was in Doctor Who. And there was apparently a TV miniseries of of Emma, which I'd be very curious to watch at. I actually kind of like that story. But that's pretty much uh, all we got on the cast and crew here. Like, I had just written on my notes, like, like it was right under the cast. Said, if you like this movie, you might also like... And now the screaming starts. The Ghoul, Eye Monster, Asylum, and The Creeping Flesh. Yeah, I believe those are all Amicus films, if I yeah. remember correctly. I could be wrong about that. I don't know their whole catalog. Peter Cushing was in some of them. Yeah, Peter Cushing was one of the big mainstays in those films at the time because he would almost like bounce back between Hammer and Amicus and whatever mm-hmm. because he worked pretty constantly outside of the time when his wife died and then he laid low for a little while, but then he came back after a little bit. But do you have any other cast and nope. crew or anything you Mm-mm. want to talk about on them? That's pretty much my list here. Okay, I guess we'll jump into the plot of this film. Now, I'm going to give a warning here right offhand, and we will do it later on, of course. This is uh, a film that's a whodunit. And if you don't want to know who the werewolf is, then uh, you might want to stop this now. And watch it. Watch it, and then come back and listen to it later. You know, But if you don't mind that, then continue forward. But... Uh, to begin here, we get a little title screen that tells you this is a detective story. It's not who is the murderer, but who is the werewolf. Who is the werewolf. And then we cut to an opening of a helicopter flying toward an island. Yeah, it starts with like that awesome 70s music. Yes, uh, there's like this groovy kind of 70s mm-hmm. music playing, which I was very like, typical. okay, I was very down with that. Oh, yeah. If I have a theme song where I'm like walking down the road or something, <laughs> that's the theme song that I would want. You know, you could just play that in the background whenever I'm walking. Uh, that would be very, very awesome. And it's like, like 
like a maybe a, a plane or a helicopter view. Yeah, that's flying. Yeah, there's a helicopter the shot hills. that's coming. Yeah, so panning around toward mm-hmm. this island. And that's one of the things that I'll kind of get into here when we get into trivia where they're alleging that this film is set. And that was pretty interesting when I read that. Set? Yeah, where the setting of this film is. Oh, okay. Yeah, not because you would think it's England, but it's not. It's not. And we see a man running through the woods in the brush. Yeah, he's got he's wearing all black. He's wearing all black. And this helicopter is like it's tracking him and then you see some vehicles going on roads right and he's just making his way through all of this brush yeah, and all these going trees the woods. it's like he's being hunted and as he's going we see a man in a control room that is actually tracking him this is a man we'll come to know as a uh, pavel yeah, and as he's running through the woods I mean it kind of shows him for the first time yeah. you see that it's calvin lock or yeah, tom yes yeah, tom and he's got like a map in his hand or something. Yes. And he's keeps running, and it kind of keeps panning up to the trees, and you see a surveillance camera. Yes, you you first start seeing he notices mm-hmm. surveillance cameras around. And then he passes like two, and then it kind of pans to that guy's watching him, the Pavel. I call him Blue Eyes because yeah. he has these really striking blue eyes in this movie. Yeah. I mean, they're like wow. Yeah, that's a uh, Anton. Dupin. Yeah. Yeah. And. He's watching Tom on the monitors running through the woods. Yeah, and as he goes along, he kind of goes down to the ground at one point, and then he sees a motion sensor right. on the ground. And, you know, he almost seems like he looks at it, it's almost like he's surprised, but yet not. Right. Either. There's mm-hmm. kind of this look like, oh, okay. And I can't remember. I think this was about the time one person. Well, you see him. that. You see the. Um, Blue, I'm going to call him Blue Eyes. Yeah. He's communicating yeah. with these men. And they have guns. You're like, what the heck is going on? And it also shows a car full of men yeah, that have guns. Yes. And, uh, and and Tom's just continuing to run through the woods. And this man burst out at him. I remember there was one. Yeah, the first one, that that's how that works. Yeah. yeah. Because there's a gun pointed at him. But then it's... He just leaves. And the guy lets him. Well, uh, the Pavel... Uh, character tells the guy with the gun and it's like he has one more chance and then the guy with the gun just walks off and you're like what is going on i know he had him why did they let him go yeah and then a new cliff takes off again Mm -hmm. and of course you know we we start seeing more little cameras various things Mm -hmm. and uh, pavel is sitting there saying okay he is here and i think this is the second time somebody steps out with a gun I think this guy even says something like, you know, I got him. And then Nucleus says, not unless you pull that trigger. And then the guy pulls the trigger and it just clicks. And then he takes off. And you're even you're more like, like what, what is going on? You know, what is going on with this? <laughs> then he is uh, caught one more time. And then a gun is to his head. Yeah. Same result. It's like three times he's caught. It's like they catch him and they just let him go. They just let him go. Then he just keeps going around the house, and Pavel says, uh, basically, you know, keep tracking him. And then that's about the time New Cliff ends up in a like a backyard of a big estate. Yeah, it's like a big lawn. Yeah, big it's lawn. Gorgeous. Yes, you can see like it's like a mansion. Yes, in the background, and there's people sitting at a table. It's just like a group of people just sitting outside. Yeah, having like a little, tea or something. Yeah, having tea like yeah. a, like a get together. And they all just kind of turn around and look at like Newcliff, and they're like, "What is going on?" And Newcliff starts walking toward them, and all of a sudden, these men come out 
of the woods with their guns pointed at him. And he just kind of turns around and acts like he's just going to walk away. And then they fire. He, yeah. And then all the people, like a woman screams. Yeah, because no cliff drops. Yeah. Like and they shot. run to him like to see if he's okay, I guess. Yes. And then he starts laughing. Yeah, he starts laughing. And you're like, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, I'm like, well, you can tell right then. Okay, like, this what? guy's kind of an asshole. And yeah. I had wrote before all this that he spoke for the first time to the guy that called him. And I said, I love his voice and the way he plays the character in this movie. Arrogant, confident, but regal. That's yeah. the way his voice is through the whole movie. I kind of find him sexy. Well, yeah, yeah. he's uh, He's got that whole kind of... He's got a charm to it. Yeah, there's just something about him. But yeah, he's extremely arrogant. I could see why they chose him for the role. Yeah. You know, there was actually someone else who was originally for this role. Yeah. A, a completely different actor, which I'll get into later as well. So it cuts to a scene where he's in the security room with blue eyes. And they're yeah. talking about how well the security cameras and audio worked as he ran around the property. So yeah. you figure out he meant to do that. Yeah, it was basically a test run right. of the security. He was uh, testing security. The, the security system. You know, and it was ta- the, uh, Pavel was talking about how there's like a pressure strip set around the house. Mm-hmm. So if anything enters, they'll know it. The, it'll alarm Yeah, it'll alarm off. Yeah, it'll alarm off and it'll yeah. even tell you what the weight of it is, what the size I don't know. Uh, New, New Cliff seems to be very impressed with this. Right. Because in, in this scene, Tom's wearing all black, which is basically the only color he wears in the whole movie. Yes, pretty um, much. Uh, and no, you find out he's he's very wealthy. Oh, oh yes. he's. Uh, I mean, to have a setup like this, he mm-hmm. would have to be. Because there's like surveillance cam, like monitors everywhere and yes. like audio equipment. It's just like, what does he need this for? Yeah, I mean, this is a whole thing. You Even now. This yeah. would look like something yeah. like very top of the line. And Blue Blue Eyes even asked him, what does he want this for? And I know Newcliffe kind of goes into his uh, background and yeah. that, you know, how he kind of came up, basically came from nothing mm-hmm. and got amassed all this wealth over the right. years. And, you know, how he's like a big game hunter. And I know I found it funny. You don't find out right away. But he says, and he wants to hunt the biggest game of all. Pavel looks over at the monitor, and there's people there. And you're almost thinking, like, is he going to hunt these people? people? yeah. You know, I mean, you could have very... It just doesn't say. Yeah, it doesn't he, say what he's not, talking not, about. Not right away. No. Yeah, I mean, to me, I thought that would have been an interesting little um, difference there. I mean, you could actually do that movie like this and not even have the werewolf angle. Yeah. And that would have <laughs> been interesting in and of itself. And then we move to a scene where Tom and the group that had been sitting on the outside table table they are now inside yes there are two women one of them's tom's wife caroline and her friend davina and sitting with davina is her husband is it jan yeah now that was the strange thing i couldn't get a bead on if that was her husband or her boyfriend it never said husband i you said husband and i i thought boyfriend for some reason i mean I they were it, together it doesn't matter but yeah. like they were together yeah. either way and he was very protective of her Yes. Through the whole movie. Yes, very much so. And I call him Hippie Dumbledore. That's pretty much what he is. <laughs> he is Hippie Dumbledore. And you have two men playing chess, which are Dr. Christopher Lundgren, which he's Peter Cushion, and Bennington and Charles Gray. Yes. And then sitting off by himself is Paul Foote. And I call him Blonde Hippie. Yeah. Because there's lots of hippie hair and hippie outfits. Of course, it's the 70s. Well, the one thing you're going to get from this movie, this movie is like a nice warm hug from the 70s. Yes, I love is. it. I mean, that's one of the things that I enjoy watching in this movie. It's just like all the 70s mm-hmm. fashion I and all the 70s. I should have lived in the 70s. 
Well, actually, I technically did, but I don't remember much of it. I was born kind of in the 70s, but I'm talking about lived as uh, like oh, yes. an adult. I mean, I could see that. I mean, I was vaguely remember mm-hmm. the 70s because I was so young, but I vaguely remember it. And this is the part, the next scene is the part that made my head spin. Okay. Where, yeah, he's talking about all of them. Yeah. Now, he basically goes around here. Tom. Yeah. Tom basically goes around here and talks to each of these people about what he knows about them and why they're there. Their career, their, like, if they've traveled certain places in the pa- their past. Yeah. He even mentions that the blonde hippie has known for eating human flesh. Yes, I have all this right here. Uh, Bennington. And it made me think, oh, is the blonde hippie the werewolf? Well, all these people are suspect because yeah. the Bennington he goes up to first. And Bennington is basically like a delegate known to have a lot of his entourage disappear at weird mm-hmm. times. Jan is a concert pianist who isn't really welcome in some places now because a lot of his people are a lot of people are found murdered around his concerts with their throats torn out. And the whole time Tom's talking it just keeps showing Davina. Yes. And she has these weird expressions on her face and you just kind of start noticing her yes. expressions and you're like she's a little odd. Well, that's who I thought it was. Yeah. When yeah. I first watched this. Next we do get to Davina. And he talks to her and says, well, Davina is known for having these kind of lavish parties with guests that have ended up with uh, dead and being half eaten. Oh. And of course, we get to the one you were talking about, uh, Paul Foote, ate human flesh and went to prison for it. Him and some other medical students at the time did it. And they were actually put in prison for a while. And then, of course, Dr. Lundgren, he goes to... Dr. Lundgren doesn't really have anything exactly. He's more of an archaeologist, but he yeah. has a knowledge of werewolves. Yeah, medical. Yeah. Medical. Or werewolf lore. Yeah. He knows a lot about that. Yeah, yes. You um, know, he knows a lot about plants, so, um, medicines. I mean, he just, he gets in on a lot of different conversations. Yes, yes. And I think it's very possible he's there because Newcliff maybe thinks he is a werewolf. Mm-hmm. since he knows so much about it, or he could be right. useful to him. Right. I never right. was really 100% Yeah, sure. I always felt like he kind of didn't suspect him as much as the others, yeah. that he was there for knowledge purposes. Yeah, yeah a little bit more useful yeah. to him, even though he did want to check him yeah. anyway. But that's when he, find, when he announces to everybody, because one of you here is yeah. a werewolf. He goes, yeah. he knows that one of them's a werewolf, and before the night is over, he will find them out. So All along, Blue Eyes has been watching the group on the monitors, and when he pulls the frame back, and I don't know if you noticed this, because it has him on the monitor and it pulls the cam- like it's the actual film camera. Yeah. Pulls back, it flashes on Tom's eyes, mm-hmm. and it looks like werewolf eyes. Did you ever notice that? I did notice that, but I didn't, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know remember that. But I didn't if notice that. I was, if it they that was intentional or I was just seeing that because um, I thought he kind of confused me because his eyes, the way he acts, like he's solitary all the time. Even the way his hair, the gray in his hair, yes, would be like the color in like the old kind of wolves that you would see. And, but then what confused me is that why would he be hunting himself? Well, there you go. So I was like, dang, that yeah. doesn't fit. Well, no, no. Yeah, like I said, <laughs> he's, if anything, he's the one character you can kind of rule out Yeah. in this film. But I was trying to spin it in my head to oh, make it work. Well, I could see that. Yeah. I could definitely I even see thought that. maybe he had a twin or something. That would have been interesting. Yeah, I never thought of that either. <laughs> yeah, and what's okay? The next scene we have here is New Cliff is in uh, what the bedroom with uh, yeah his Car- wife Caroline, Caroline. and she is uh, 
she she just wants him to give it up, give up what he's doing, and just let it be. Yeah, she don't understand his whole obsession with this. I guess you know obsessive personalities right. like his. You, you can't, can't understand. Yeah, him. you can't understand. And he just he's just like shut up, and yeah. he he wants to leave. Yeah, he uh, basically is almost alone. He wants to kill something that he's never killed. You know, like so I guess you know big game hunters they want to get the next big prize, and the werewolf would be a big prize because. How many people can say they've hunted and killed right. a werewolf? Even though you shoot a werewolf, it goes back to a person. Technically, you killed a person. Right. You don't have werewolf. anything to show that you killed a werewolf. Yeah. Now, that part, I don't quite yeah. understand. I guess you just have to Well, you that. see by the end that he didn't have a clue yeah. what could happen. Well, yeah. So, but, but that was just always strange to me because... He just he had his mission in his head and that's all he cared about. Well, yeah. He, I guess he wasn't thinking of that part because technically you could say, hey, I killed a werewolf and then it's a person. And like, well, guess what? You just killed a man. You're going to right. jail. Right. <laughs> so know? he's just like, I don't want to hear, your, yeah. hear what you're saying. So he goes to leave. So she stops him. And she says, what would he do if she ends up being the werewolf? And he considers that for a moment, and then he turns around, and he makes, like, a gun with his hand, and he says, pow! I was like, damn. Yeah, yeah. Guess it's good to find out how your spouse really feels about you. Yeah. Would you shoot me if I was a werewolf? Uh. <laughs> uh pow. Pow. <laughs> well, the sad part about it is, is you would shoot me even if I wasn't one. <laughs> You know, you don't, well, need, you don't need no provocation. You're just like, he breathed too hard, you know. See, I don't, you know, that, that wouldn't be an issue for you. We'd shoot each other. Well, yeah. Yeah, probably so. Be like a John Woo movie. And then we... uh We moved to a scene of Hippie Dumbledore. He's getting in the car and driving away quickly. No, oh, that was, uh, yeah, I got the wrong name down for that. That was a uh, Jan. That was, yeah. Uh, that was Michael Gambon. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, trying to, uh, yeah, make a getaway. And here. Tom sees him and he yeah. follows him in and, like, gets in one of those army ve- looking vehicles that he has. You got, like, all the more awesome 70s music as yeah. he's chasing him. Now, this is probably the only scene I have a problem with in the film because I think this car chase goes too long. Yeah, it's just a little small, like, it's like almost like they're going in circles. Yeah, um, and but of course I come to find out, I'll pull out something on my trivia now. This scene wasn't in the original film after oh, they finished okay. it. The producers felt like it needed a little bit more action to it. So oh, okay. they asked him to kind of put this little car chase scene in there. Yeah. Because I think originally how the scene works is uh, Jan tries to get away, but Newcliff catches him before he gets into the car. Oh, okay. But then uh, I think they decided to just throw in a car chase because the producers wanted it. So, yeah, this scene was actually shot after the film was done. Oh, okay. To just add a little bit of that. But I just, I don't know. This was the only scene I didn't really care for that much because it was just like it just stopped the film kind of dead to me. Well, I think it was like you wondered why P. Dumbledore, why was he trying to leave? You know, was he trying to escape for some reason? But, like I said, I don't think you would have needed the car chase because yeah. you could have had just very easily him yeah. catching him out there at the car. Well, wasn't that kind of common in that yeah. time period where you always had kind of some kind of car chase? Or I mean, I thought it would have been more interesting if, say, you would have seen Jan like, sneaking around, him go to his car, him get in the car. Then all of a sudden you see new clip like come up out of the back seat said, I've been following you where you think you're going. <laughs> Something like that. That's I mean, that's what I would have done, you know, because he said, I've been following you around and you were 
You're trying to leave, aren't you? No, 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 no. Well, you were two years old, so you didn't have anything to say. No, not that time. Well, like I said, I didn't see this till probably, yeah, it was like the early 80s I seen this. But, I mean, that's like what I would do. That's like I said, that's really my only thing where I feel like the movie kind of stops kind of dead. Uh, I guess next we go into... But you missed what Hippie Dumbledore tells him. Oh, what He that? says, just keep him and let the others go. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, what does he mean by that? Yeah, I mean, what would be the point of that? Yeah. Yeah. I you mean, think, is he the werewolf? Or maybe he just feels like there's no point in keeping all these other people for your right, bad. Just take me. Yeah. yeah. Just go ahead. I'm and sacrificing myself. Because I think he just feels like, you know, New Cliff is just a crazy person, you know. Which he kind of is. Yeah. Well, yeah. And why he's obsessive and crazy. And then we go to a, a scene at the dinner table. This is long, fancy dinner table. They're all, all the guests are sitting at the table. Oh, well, before this, uh, New Cliff is with uh, Pavel again in the control room. They're watching all the guests go around before dinner. You know, oh, I, I must have it. zoned out in this, uh, yeah. this one. I mean, it's not really a scene that has... Because I thought that later. It was, I want to say it was right before the dinner. Oh, okay. It I must have just zoned right out. right before dinner. And as I was struggling, um, oh, <laughs> what was uh, the whole thing? I think it was um, Cliff mentions that one of Paul Foote's things that made him a suspect too is like one of the murders that was around close to him. I think he like he was like a painter, and one of the pictures he painted had the victim's face on one of them. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and then that's when we, we go cut to, to the dinner. dinner that's table. when we cut to the dinner. And Tom is wearing an awesome Bruce Lee-looking outfit. Yeah, yeah. He but was... it's just got gold accents on it. It's a bit more gaudy than Bruce Lee would have wore. Uh, but yeah. Oh, yes. the pants, the like the long shirt and the pants and the black shoes, it looked very Bruce Lee. Oh, me? yes, yes. New Cliff is just talking about basically what his kind of plans are and the conditions of the night for, you know, of a werewolf appearing. Yeah, and like the server's just kind of walking around, like giving them food. Yes. And you see that he's serving them raw meat. Raw meat with some blood gravy. Yeah, and it, he's like pouring more blood over it from a gravy boat. Yes. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. And Davina has very weird reaction to this meat when yeah. she sees it. Yes, when I watched the film last night, I could not tell if it was revulsion. Right. She keeps saying she's no longer hungry, like it's repulsing yes. her. But her facial expressions, like, I want to eat the shit out of this mate. Yeah, you couldn't tell. Yeah, she's that like, thing, I want it. That's the thing I liked about yeah. that is because you could read it both yeah. ways. Yeah, I kind of, just the way she was looking at it, like, she was drawn to it or something. Yeah, I mean, you could read it that way, but I also kind of got the look of, she's like, oh. Ugh, I know. was like, what's up with this chick? Do we have a she-wolf in our midst? Well, there you go. I mean, yeah. and that's like I said, when I first watched this film, that's who I thought she, it was. You locked in on her? Yeah, I locked she in on her. She was my second. She was my first choice at first. Yeah. And then something happens to make me start thinking of somebody else. Okay. She was always my second. All right. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that, yeah. I'm sure. And Dr. Lundgren is kind of going over the causes of lycanthropy. You know, it's like uh, stuff uh, swollen and it's in the lymph nodes. Right. And it's almost like a sickness. Yeah, it's like a disease that right. slowly kills you. I guess almost like a cancer or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, he's just telling them like some werewolf lore. Like, you know, it's almost like a disease and you'll die eventually from it. Yeah, it just slowly breaks you right. down and kills you. Tom, he's on a mission to find his werewolf. So he suggests they all hold a silver candlestick and to prove they aren't a werewolf. And, you know, I guess silver is supposed to reveal 
them. Yeah, if because they hold the, it. he says something about like the particles, particles on the silver yeah. will react to a person that's the werewolf and make them basically as painful to them. And they all take a hold of it and none of them show yes, anything. Yes. They all pass it around the table, grab it, mm-hmm. and nothing. And I start kind of taking notice of Peter Cushion's character in these scenes. Really? Yeah, he seems to be like the only one in the group that Tom never really suspects strongly. He Like we talked about like before. He's almost there for his werewolf knowledge, but he's just, it's always, he's always just off by himself, and you catch these looks he has sometimes, and I started homing in on him for some reason. And he knows he's the only one eating. And he, and he ate the, yeah, he just starts knife, like, cutting the raw meat and eating it. And I was uh, like, ugh. Which, I think Peter Cushing was a bit vegetarian. So was he? he? Yeah, oh, he wasn't eating Yeah, that. he wasn't. Well, but, it only showed him cutting the meat. It didn't ever. Yeah, but you got to remember, they was, like, red cabbage and some other yes, stuff Yes, he could have been plate, eating something So he like was that. probably eating it. Ew. Yeah. So, I started at that time kind of thinking, it, like, watching him a little bit closer. Was that the one you were suspecting? Was yeah, because Tom didn't seem to. He, he kind of was staying away from him. He, he had his suspect already in his mind, and he stayed close to that person. Yeah, he seemed to be leaning toward a... Blonde hippie. Yeah, Paul Foot. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's who he seems to be leaning toward. And his wife, she gets mad. and She's like, you've ruined dinner for everyone, yeah. I'm, and I'm going to go get me a stiff drink. And she leaves the room, and I, most of all of them follow her. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, because they're like, Tom's weird, let's get out of here. Well, yeah, yeah, we, we, we'll, we'll go have that drink with you, <laughs> yes, a few of them. And then you, it goes to them in the other room, and she's serving them all the liquor. Mm-hmm. And they start talking about Wolfbane. And I, I, I made a little thing about what Wolfbane is. It has purple flowers that are with a helmet-shaped top from which it gets another name monk's hood it grows up to one meter to three feet tall and it is a perennial herb often grown as an ornamental plant due to its attractive blue to dark purple flowers all parts of the plant especially the roots contain toxins i don't know how to pronounce this word a conitine is the most dangerous of these toxins and i'm sure i messed that word up it is the most noted as a heart poison but it is also a potent nerve poison. Raw aconite plants are very poisonous. They are used only as herbs after you boil them. Well, as I said, that's more than I ever knew about Wolfman because the only thing I knew about it from, was from the uh, film The Wolfman. So that I, I never really knew exactly what it was. To your truth, I thought it was a made-up thing. In yeah. all honesty, there it's an actual time. plant. Yeah, I, I didn't and know. it's grown in, in Europe. So... I can't, I can't remember who, I didn't write down who said this, but someone says in the group that there's no wolf being grown in Great Britain. Yeah, I can't remember who said it, but I remember yeah. hearing somebody say it. So, and then we see a scene of Tom. He's outside, which, you know, this is kind of starts the, you noticed a lot of the day for night shots. Yes, there's a lot of day for night yeah. in this film. And it almost makes me struggle to remember scenes. It, Whether it really was day and or was it night? Yeah, it's because uh, there seemed to be more scenes in the day for night than they were. I have the day. A, I have a little bit about that in my trivia too. That's pretty interesting. I didn't really know why they shot films like that, but I came to kind of find mm-hmm. out why they did. So Tom, he's walking outside, and you see he's going in his greenhouse yes. outside, and he goes over to some potted plants, yes. and you see he's growing wolfbane. Mm-hmm. He hears footsteps. Yeah, or like a, some makes a noise or something, and yes. he runs after where he thinks they ran. 
I think you can hear some. Yeah, you hear some because he's tracking. You hear somebody, somebody's you running. Can hear him running. And he ends up in the barn, and someone throws a pitchfork at him. Kind of sticks him in the ground. Well, first somebody throws a hatchet. Yeah, yeah, him. that's right. Yeah, which would have put me off already. Right. You know, I'm like, I ain't going after somebody. I know. I mean, They're trying to take me out. And that's a good throw that person does with that hatchet. Too. Right. And then it goes to what you were saying. He, he tracks these sounds to a barn mm-hmm. and somebody nearly gets him with a pitchfork. Pitchfork just kind of pitchforked him in the ground, which I thought there's no way it could have done that without no. the centerpiece. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it wasn't a typical, because that would have stabbed him. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it pins him to the ground, but he it doesn't stab it's, him. Yeah. And, I mean, it's clear someone's trying to take him out. Oh, yes, definitely. I think somebody's like, well, you know, this so person is. So, then you got to wonder who, I mean, it, is it the werewolf that's doing it? The one that's the werewolf. Yes. And then next we go to Newcliffe brings the wolf's bane into where the guests are as we see the full moon kind of rising right. up and it's getting and nighttime. Outside. He says the change might not happen for a few hours. He said the staff is gone. He mm-hmm. said he sent them on, but he says, uh, you know, his wife will take care of uh, whatever needs that they keeping have. Keeping your liquor coming. Yeah, keep, yeah basically <laughs> keeping your liquor and your food coming. And there's so much cigar smoking in this movie. Yeah. It's like sometimes when they're in the room, it's completely smoky. Yeah, I have to admit, they don't have people really smoking in films that they make nowadays. Mm-mm. So whenever I watch a film where somebody it smokes, was freaking it kinda, me out. It's all it just throws me off. I'm just like, wow, cigarettes. That's just like forbidden now in yeah. the movies. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then we go to a scene where he's in the surveillance room with blue eyes. And he's watching them all in that room and they're yeah. you know, just drinking and talking. Mm-hmm. And he notices that Davina and uh, Hippie Dumbledore are and gone. And the yawn. Yeah. So he gets he tells Blue Eyes to check all the surveillance cameras till he finds where they're at. And he finds that they're outside walking. Yeah, walking, talking. They're just taking a walk. And then he tells Blue Eyes to turn the audio up so he can hear what they're discussing. Mm-hmm. Which was a pointless conversation. They were just talking about how rich he was and that he likes to hunt. As you start... He, um, Newcliffe has them go over to talk to a few, uh, listen to a few of these conversations. Mm-hmm. And as you go, you start to notice as things go on, these people have some very unflattering things to say about Newcliffe. And you can see him kind of bristle a little <laughs> bit when he hears some of this. Well, he's not exactly friendly. No, 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 no. And that's being kind. He's not exactly the most uh, friendly host that you will ever have we go to is new cliff is following foot up the stairs i mean him and pavel are like have been kind of watching him because new cliff seems to be very focused on paul foot and as foot is going into his bedroom door new cliff is like scanning on his hands panning on his hands. and then you see foot's hands and you can see hair growing hairy ass hands back of his hands you're like uh-oh and this is allegedly a werewolf trait and of course uh, foot goes into his room but then uh, Pavel mentions, like, well, I didn't think to bug the bathrooms. And then Newcliffe is sitting there saying, I cannot remember if they had that hair. If it was there before. If it was there before. Right. He cannot remember at all. And then, of course, uh, after this, we go back to more camera footage. And... Well, you see Paul's in his bathroom. And it shows him standing in front of the mirror. Oh, that's right. He shaves off a little yeah, bit. Well, he's got like a straight razor. Yeah, You're like, got, are you going to use that on yeah, your hands? Yeah, he's got like one of them cutthroat razors. But then he, he just shaving. puts it down and he doesn't Well, I do think anything. he knits a little bit Yeah, off. and you're, it was just an odd scene. Yeah, it was very odd. And yeah. then, of course, he just kind of... It's like, is he down. trying to hide that or, or what? Yeah, he just lays down and goes to bed and that's pretty much about the end of it. But mm-hmm. yeah. 
And then we start to see more camera footage and we start hearing more and more of these uh, things as far as New Cliff and th what these people think of him, which is, like I said, not very flattering. No. Uh, well, he's not very friendly to them. Yeah, as we said, you know, he's not very flattering to them at all. <laughs> uh, or it's not very flattering to him and they're not very and he's not very nice to them. After this, you know, New Cliff starts to get into his hunting gear, which is a black leather kind of coat. I th it's leather, but it looks like pleather. This yeah, is his hunting gear. And he tells uh, Pavel he wants to rest a little bit. Yeah, he gets his rifle out of the, yes. the gun cabinet, and he's got his black outfit on. He says he's going to take a nap Yeah, and, and for Blue Eyes to watch, to watch see, the monitors. If, see if he sees anything. Yeah, watch the monitors. Yeah. And, and then uh, we kind of just cut to some shots of outside. You know, mm -hmm. things are just kind of calm and peaceful And Blue outside. Eyes is just kind of sitting in his chair, and you wonder if he's going to be able to stay awake because he looks like he's about to go to sleep. Yeah, he looks like he's about This would be the worst job for me. Like, just oh, sitting like watching something? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'd I, be snoring. I would probably be too, but from what I heard, he was being paid very well. Well, so I got if I fired. Was being paid very well, I would probably <laughs> be able to manage. I'd be like, you're fired, Cherry. I'm, I'm not a huge coffee drinker, but I probably would be for that job. Mm -hmm. But then, all of a sudden, something goes off. The, the monitor, the alarms start ringing. Yes. And you start seeing these little red lights light up. Yes. Blue Eyes is like tracking a large four-legged animal. Yeah, and he wakes up Newcliff, mm -hmm. and he says, "We got something out there." Newcliff says, "What's your what's the position?" And he said, "It's uh, so many yards right. away from the house." Right. And Tom goes outside. And Tom, and this is He's the in second, the woods. And this is the second instead of day for night. Day for night. We have a lot of day for yes. night. Yes. Which, until you told me what that was, I didn't understand what that was. Yes, yes. So, I yes. get it now when I see it. Yeah, it's basically just, uh, they put a like filter. a little filter yeah. over the, the camera. But it's actually day that you're filming, but they're trying to make it look like it's Yes, tonight. because I feel safe to say that by 6 p.m. every night, everybody went home. So, there was no real night shooting probably on mm -hmm. this film. Maybe outside of a couple little shots right. that they did. Tom, he's in the woods, and Blue Eyes communicating where this target is yes he starts saying it's 200 yards away then it's 150 yards away and my i started getting stressed in the scene really? <laughs> it's like it's getting close and then it stops. Then 100 yards and, and then, then he it... says it's finally it's it's 80 yards away and then he you know tom's kind of got his scope ready and he says it's kind of stopped and then it's moving slowly yeah, towards like it oh no <laughs> yeah. and then the target just kind of burst out of the dark and jumped straight over him yeah and you didn't get to really see what it was. No. It's not like a werewolf that stands on two feet. It's a four-foot. Yeah, it's four -legged. Like a four-legged wolf. That runs like a wolf. Yes. And it just took off, jumped over him, just took off running. Yeah. And Tom's like telling Blue Eyes the werewolf was coming to the house to kill him. Yes. He's that, they slurred him outside so that he could go back to the house. And to get something, arm himself with something silver. And Blue Eyes tells him he's got it under control. And, you know, he goes over to the gun cabinet. And what does he do? He picks the smallest gun in the cabinet. Not only does he pick the smallest gun, but right before that, he says, well, I, don't I don't believe, believe in, in werewolves. werewolves. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it doesn't matter what well, you believe. Well, you're about to believe in it. <laughs> something's coming toward the house to get your ass. So yeah, he you picks up you know? a pistol. Yeah. A when there's one. rifles, there's machine guns in this cabinet. He picks up the smallest gun. Well, I could, I guess my question about that is, is a gun is a gun? But did that gun have silver bullets? That's what I was about to say. Did it have, I mean, it wasn't going to do anything if it wasn't silver. Yes. 
he finally goes and he looks up and that were that werewolf sitting like at the top of the house, like almost like a gargoyle. Well, sitting. now I thought that scene was cool, but how it was shot downward toward Pavel through that skylight. Suddenly, you seen a shadow yeah. going over like it was some up there. And, and he looks up and he looks up and there it is, just sitting up there, like you said, right? Like it's a like gargoyle. a gargoyle just yeah. looking down, and he shoots and busts the window out. Yes, and the werewolf jumps down through the window. Yeah, on and, top of it, and uh. Pavel just naturally screams like mm. any uh, human being would. In yeah, a situation and I like guess that. he now he may believe now. Yeah, he believes now, but a little, a little too late. Too late. Yeah. But you see, Tom's running back towards the house, and you hear a man screaming, mm-hmm. and he keeps on running into the house, and he get more awesome seventies music as oh, he's yes. running in. Yes, he gets into the surveillance room, and he finds. Blue Eyes is dead. And it's got, like, one of his eyeballs is just totally ripped out. It's so gross. Yeah, this is a pretty gory scene for a movie that's PG. I mean, that's one of the things that surprised me. There's another scene later. It. Yeah, there's another scene later. That the gore is a little bit good in this. Yeah, like, for a movie. And yeah. also, like I said, the movie's rated PG. You would not get away with that in a PG uh-uh. movie, not now. And I was very... I'm always surprised by that every time I watch this film. And then you see a scene of Tom's running towards the blonde hippie's room, bedroom. Yeah, he's looking around the house. Because that's his main suspect in his mind. He thinks it's the blonde hippie. He's fix, fixated on him for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I guess because he eat human flesh. Yeah. Just the way he acts. Well, he's got this foot's kind of got this arrogance. Arrogance. About him and he's, too. he's almost like he likes to just aggravate people. And he's always saying things that just aggravates everybody. Well, and you get particularly, he likes to aggravate Newcliffe. Right. Yeah, because I guess how pompous he is, he likes to try to, you know. And he gets in his room and he's he's asleep. Yeah, he's he's he sound rips asleep. the covers off, but he's in his bedroom, but the curtain, the window's wide open and the curtains yeah. are blowing like the window was just open or something. Yeah, and Bennington looks on his uh, nightstand and there's sleeping pills. Yeah. So apparently Foot took a couple of sleeping pills right. and just dropped right out. But this part trips me out. Tom goes, he goes, wake up, damn you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, he is so focused on this guy. It doesn't matter. I I think, you know, he he was, I think that's one of the things I think is ultimately where it comes back to haunt him later is because he wasn't focused. He wasn't paying attention to anybody else. Yeah, he was just so dead. He thought he was sure it was Blonde Hippie, which it could still be. Yeah. We'll see. And then we go to another helicopter scene. Yeah, next day, Newcliffe is outside talking to the person in the helicopter about something about some extra equipment. Yeah, he's telling them to install the infrared cameras for the next night yeah. that he's going to need them. Yeah, there he goes. That yeah. was infrared. That's right. And the, the helicopter never lands, and he just says, what, over out or yes. something, and yeah. the helicopter flies off. Then we cut to where the guests are outside playing croquet. Oh, yeah, and I, my grandmother had a set. Yes. And I used to play all the time. I never knew the rules. I just love to hit them, the balls, and, yeah. you know, in her yard. I think I played it when I was a little kid, but yeah. I don't remember. It was probably one of those cases somebody tried to explain the rules to me, but I didn't know. Was that popular in the 70s? 70s, and probably, this had to have been when I played, it had to have been in the early 80s. Me too. Yeah. I was little. So, I don't. I don't remember the rules or anything. Maybe somebody tried to explain them, like I said, and I just did not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't uh, absorb it anyway. Yeah. What was it? There Tom's was just kind of walking by all of them. Yeah. And Caroline runs up to him and tells him that Davina wants to take uh, Hippie Dumbledore, yeah, uh, Jan, Jan, to the village, which they, they reference this village several times. Yeah. And it's like, I think they said 12 miles away. It's on the island, yeah. but it's a village. Yes. 
And that's earlier when that car scene, Chase, yes. mm-hmm. that's where Jan said he was going to the village. Yes. And you don't know what's in this village. What are the, what do they want? Yeah. I guess people can't, couldn't walk 12 miles apparently. Yeah. You know, which is not really a far walk. And she, and Davina says that she wants to take him to the village because he has had a setback. And yeah, like you're like, what is that? Yeah, because when it showed him, he was just sitting in a chair reading something, so he didn't look sick. Yeah, so and, you don't know what she means by that. Yeah, and when I think back on it, that's why it also made me feel like Davina was another suspect. Yeah, because maybe she was trying to say, "I need to take." Yeah, so Yana I can get out of here, so I can leave. Yeah, too. yeah. Yeah. And Tom just ignores his wife and just keeps on walking. Yeah, he just like, walks anytime she's talking, he just ignores her. Yeah. And yeah. I would get mad at him, too. She stays mad at him this whole movie. Yeah, pretty much. I'd yeah. have bust a glass over his head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I could see where you would start, uh, where someone would do that. I'm shocked somebody hadn't done it already. And she just calls to him because he just keeps walking. Yeah. And, and she's like, Tom. And it just pans in on Peter Cushing's face, looking yeah. at Tom walking away. And he has this really strange look on his face. Yes. And I was like, hmm, hmm. Yes. what's up with that? Another suspect. We get to where Newcliff is starting to pop hoods on a car mm-hmm. and taking distributor caps yeah. out of the car. As he's doing that, you know, he just grabs them up and kind of puts them in a sack and walks off. And then he has his dog following yeah, him. Yeah, they have a golden retriever. Yes. And I don't think they ever called this dog a name. I never recall him. Unless I name. just didn't hear it. If he had a name, I missed it. Um, the dog keeps following him and he keeps turning around and he's saying, go back. Yeah. And the dog is not listening to him. And you know... In that scene is the only scene where Nucleus smiles. The only scene where I see him smile. That he sh- showed bit. some kind of affection, but he does show something later. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to yeah, that later. But that's, but that's, not that's the, the only first time yeah. where you see his little yeah. facade. Like kind he, of break yeah, a like bit. he's interacting with the, yeah. the other something. It's like a, he can almost. He's playful. Yeah, he's playful. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's the only time outside toward the end where you see any other kind of emotion outside of him being mm-hmm. a pompous kind of ass. Yeah, and the dog just keeps walking yeah so he he takes him and ties him by rope to the barn door yeah and he just keeps on walking yeah and then you see like out of the corner there's like a bow and arrow comes up yes a bow and arrow comes out and then the dog starts barking yes and he turns back and i it distracts the scene the next scene is tom by the river and he's about to throw something in and then you see an arrow hit the tree Uh, right next to his head literally like almost hits him right in the head and he just spins around like what the heck? He didn't see the bow and arrow the first time. No, no. But this is like somebody shot an arrow and it hit right next to him. Yes. You see that it's the blonde hippie. Yeah, he's a uh, Paul Foot is uh, drinking a big bottle of what looks like wine and mm-hmm. playing with a bow and arrow, which yes, is not, it's probably yeah. something you shouldn't mix. Uh, no, no. And then he asked him, "What's he doing?" And he says he's just following him. And it's like okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. It's a very odd thing. It's like okay, so it's you're, like following, you're following me, and I'm following you. You're following me with a bow and arrow <laughs> and shooting yeah. it at my head. Uh, yes. And he, it shows Tom's. He did throws the distributor and caps into well, the Well, Fred asked what you got right yeah. there. Was it a bag lunch? Yeah. or something, and he just holds up his hand, distributor caps, and, and he, he just throws them in the river. Throws them in a bag and throws them all in the river. Yeah. You're like, what the heck? He's he's losing it. Yeah, and at dinner that night, he lets everybody know, that I he... have gotten rid of all the distributor caps from your cars, and he said as soon as this is done, I will have them all replaced he... at my expense. Yeah, so he's he's officially holding them all hostage. Yeah, yeah, basically. They're all there. They're going, they're staying there till this is done. Mm-hmm. There'll be no going to the village, <laughs> you know. 
or wherever. And then they want he wants to do the whole candle yeah. stick thing again. Mm -hmm. And he hands it around. And Newcliffe is almost like taunting everybody because you can kind of see mm -hmm. he's starting he's trying to, get, to get a reaction out of them. And he you tell he's starting to get agitated. He's getting very impatient. Yeah, and... he wants he wants to get this thing. I mean, he's already knows it's out there, and now yeah. he wants to get it. And he's yeah. starting to get very like, uh, okay, I want to provoke people. I know it finally goes over to Carolyn, and she grabs the candlestick. She just had enough of him. Yeah, she she's pissed. And she's, she's like, stop it. And she throws the candlestick into like a... Um, mirror. Like into a mirror or something in mm -hmm. the room. And, you know, breaks it. And then she grabs a plate and slams it down and on the table it. and busts it. And, and you can just tell she is pissed. Yeah, she's I had mean, enough. She, she got fire in her eyes. Yeah. It's like, that's kind of... Okay, it's time to back off. Yeah, don't go to sleep with her. Yeah, and you, then she notices... And then she sees that she's got a cut on her hand. She said, well, this is what this you want. This is what you wanted, wasn't right? it? Yeah, blood. Mm -hmm. And then she just storms out of there. That was that was a pretty strong scene for her right there because you could tell she was already getting mm -hmm. fed up with him. And I think that was right there. That was just the, the straw broke the camel's back. Yeah, because he's just he's just going over the deep end. Yeah, because in that scene, I mean, he is just literally just getting into everybody's face. Yeah, and and this. I think what aggravated her the most was that he came down strong on her friend Davina. Yeah. And remember, hippie Dumbledore stood up and said, "Leave her alone." Yes. And yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah because so he really I think she, got it really her. got to her that he was ragging on her. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, yeah, mm -hmm. he was really kind of leaning into her heart mm -hmm. because since it was her that probably wanted to leave that day, that he thought, okay, well, she's obviously got mm -hmm. something she's wanting to hide. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Next, we cut to the that control room, the surveillance room, mm -hmm. and Newcliff is like he's trying to kind of repair some of that equipment in there because it like it got kind of smashed up when uh, the wolf jumped in. Yeah, when uh, Pavel was killed, it like because you can even see Pavel's body is still in the back back there. He it, didn't even move it. No, because you see there's a white sheet and there's some blood <laughs> on like, it, and dang. apparently Pavel's body's still in there. I'm just like, now, shouldn't you be taking that thing out? It might start smelling right Ew. there after about a day or so. Ew. He is... Um, He's getting his gun ready when he hears a wolf howl. Yeah, he hears a wolf howl outside. Mm -hmm. He doesn't go outside right away. He starts looking around the house to see who is Who is it there? there? And Blonde Hippie was gone. Blonde Hippie was gone. Right. Yeah, he noticed it because he fixates and goes to his room. Right, and, and he wasn't there. He wasn't there. Yeah. And then he runs outside and he gets in the helicopter. Yes, the helicopter. Yeah, and then they catch sight of, they've got that infrared camera on, and mm -hmm. they catch the werewolves running through the woods, the clearing areas, like at the edge of the woods. And the were this is the first time at where it, the werewolf is clearly a German shepherd. Yes, it's with a German extra shepherd. extra fur put on him. Yes, if I remember correctly, they said that's what it was. It was a German shepherd, yeah. and they put like an extra kind of a skin kind yeah. of thing on around it him. To, to make around it. his neck area. Yeah, made him look thicker. Yes. <laughs> my, I put my notes, damn, cheap-ass werewolf. <laughs> yeah. Well, that this is something about this film. Yeah, they That's in the trivia. Yes. They, they, the, it was a budget thing. Yes, it was definitely a budget thing. He and starts more, shooting at it. Yeah, and this is more day for night. And now, this is something... New Cliff is supposed to be this great game hunter. He's shooting at him with a machine gun. And can't hit He doesn't shit. hit anything. He can't hit water if he fell out of a boat. That's yeah. how bad he is. I mm -hmm. mean, he he is firing and firing at this at this wolf. Yeah. And nothing. 
And the helicopter, he tells him to put him down so he can get out because he saw the werewolf run in the barn. Because he's just tearing up the ground with the machine gun. Yes. But he's not hitting anything. Yeah, yeah. And so he knew, he knows he needs to get out of the helicopter and go in that barn. And when he gets out, like, he's sweating like anything. That, that leather outfit is hot as hell. I, I'm assuming so. He's just dripping sweat. Yes. And he goes into the barn where the werewolf ran. And he's slowly, he's trying to find where it's hiding. Yes. And, and look, it's hiding in some hay. Hay. You just some... see its eyes or its basal. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. And then Caroline runs into the barn with their golden retriever. And the dog and the, the werewolf comes out and starts fighting with their dog. Yes. Which I, ha- I have no idea what that dog's name is. And after injuring the dog, the werewolf runs out of the barn. Yeah, the werewolf runs out of the yeah, barn. And he runs straight at the helicopter pilot. Yeah, who's outside waiting. Yeah. This, uh, this seems hilarious. Yeah, this scene, uh, they're trying to make it look like the helicopter pilot is struggling with the werewolf. Yeah, but... he, he's cl- the dog is clearly not trained to attack. No, no. So the pilot has him, and it's probably a stuntman, has the dog in like a bear hug. But now, y'all, I almost wonder if the helicopter pilot was actually the dog's trainer, too. Could have been. I always wondered. I, I mean, I never did find that out. Yeah, and he's like spinning like they're dancing. He's just hanging on to the dog. Yeah, he's holding on to it. But the dog almost... is not even biting or anything. Yeah, and New Cliff is close to the them, both of them. Mm-hmm. Still can't hit this I know. Wolf. He shoots the helicopter, and then it catches on fire. <coughs> but then the helicopter pilot is pretty much killed. The killed, and the werewolf off. runs. And yeah. then suddenly Peter Cushion appears. Yeah, Peter Cushion Out of appears. nowhere. And it made me think... What the hell? Is yeah. he the werewolf? Well, the thing is, is I don't know how he would have been the werewolf because that meant that wolf would have t- taken off. He would literally have to change back, get dressed, and be there in like It just was odd seconds. how he just yeah. suddenly appeared. Yes, yes. And I was already suspecting him, so yeah. I was like, hmm. Yeah, well, I could see that. I mean, yeah. I could see that. I don't know. It's just that was a strange scene to me is because Newcliffe is like the worst shot. Yeah, ever if you put. can't hit something with a machine gun and that close, yeah, then something's wrong because a machine gun—that's what those are made for. You just spray bullets, and you're bound to hit something. And he couldn't even hit it. So he goes back into the barn, and he finds out that his dog's been bitten by the werewolf. Yeah, because his dog has a lot of fake, some fake blood. Fake on blood him. just poured on his side. Yeah, and Caroline's laying on the dog, sobbing. This is her little baby dog, you know. Yeah, and Davina has come out there. Tom asked Davina to take Caroline back in because mm-hmm. you know he's going to have to shoot the dog. Yes. You hear the gunshot. And... Yeah. Uh, I did not like that scene. Yeah, I didn't uh, either. Um, and then he runs back into the house. And this this is funny. He just fires off around into the ceiling. Yes. He doesn't yell or anything. He just goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's He is angry. And he asks Paul Foote where he was. Yeah, he because went. Because as everybody comes out of their room yeah. after the gunshot goes off. <laughs> And and I can't remember what Blind Hippie says. He says, are we living in a gun range or something? Yeah, something just, along those lines. just being a smart ass. Yeah, something along those lines. <laughs> and he says uh, he was outside because he said he heard a howl and he went outside and he was walking around to see where it was. And Nucleus like, well, I was in a helicopter and I seen you nowhere. And he says he can't prove where he was. And then uh, he also asked John, well, where were you? And he said, "Well, I was out there for the same reason. I was looking around as well because and I." And he heard said it. he saw some. He heard something. Yeah. Like, when he come back in, somebody hit the stairs or something. Oh yeah, something like that. I too. can't remember exactly yeah. what he said, but yeah. he said he also can't prove where he was. Yes. Then you notice that Bennington's not with them. Yes, and then yes. Which Bennington really hasn't been in this movie much. No, he's kind of been in the background. He was getting the last time it showed him with the um. 
he was getting very agitated when he was making them hold the candlesticks. He was like, he wanted to leave. He didn't want to be there. He was just very agitated. He wanted to leave. So Tom goes into his bedroom. Goes into his bedroom and turns on the light and you see blood on the wall. Like handprints. And the the room is trashed. Yes. And you see that Bennington's laying on the floor dead. And now you almost wonder, was this suicide suicide or a murder? Or a murder. His wrist is slashed like a suicide. But the room is trashed, and there's, like, why would he have handprints all over the wall? Well, you wall? almost wonder if like this, struggle. Wolf, this wolf attacked him in the house, and he was trying to get away, and, of course, he was bloody, and he was, like, mm-hmm. got his hands, and he was trying to make it to the door, and he just didn't make it. And it or it could have been a suicide, and he cut his wrist, and then he was just flailing around the right. room, and then he died. You don't right. know. That's the very weird thing about that scene, is you never are sure if it was a suicide or a murder, and mm-hmm. I still don't know. Next scene is uh, the next day. New Cliff is outside with the guests. Yeah, they're all eating again on the outside table. Got lots of 70s outfits in this scene. And Peter Cushion's wearing an awesome Argyle sweater. Yeah, he's got on kind of a spiffy sweater. I do. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of just stands out in the scene. Yeah, that definitely does. I would not wear that sweater, but it's very cool to look at. Well, he's wearing it. Yeah, oh, he's he's rocking that sweater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's rocking that sweater. New Cliff basically tells these people, okay, well, this is the last night of the full moon tonight. And then we get the title of the film, Tonight the Beast Must Die. The Beast Must Die. And then where's our title? Then we go to Paul Foote. Paul Foote's trying to escape on foot. Yeah, he's trying to get away on <laughs> He's yeah. running through the woods trying to get away. Exactly. And dude runs into an electrical fence with yeah. a big old sign, danger sign on it. Yeah, and he did. Obviously, he was so fixated. Yeah, he didn't see it on on getting out that he yeah. wasn't paying attention. He nailed it. He, yeah, and then what's he trying to do? He's trying to climb a well, tree. Well, he, he get he's like his hands are burnt yeah. from running, and then he's he's you know he's holding his hands up, looking at him, and then he just kind of walks over, and I think he was gonna. Was he going to try to climb the tree? I was thinking he was going to try to climb the tree. And climb over. And climb and then jump over jump the over. Of the fence. But he falls. Yeah, he falls. Yeah, because he can't climb because his hands are probably blistered. Yes, yeah. And when he comes back up, Tom's behind him. Yeah, with the gun. Yeah. And then he kind of motions for him back to the house. Yeah. Now, here's the point. We're going to have spoilers for the end here. And if you haven't tuned out before then and you still don't want to know who the werewolf is, Cut it off now. Come back because we're going to do the werewolf break. And then after we come back, we will continue with the last portions of the film. This is the werewolf break. Have you guessed who the werewolf is? Is it Paul Foote? Jan? Davina? Dr. Lundgren, Caroline, you have 30 seconds to give your answer. your mind let's see if you're right now we go into new cliff is back inside with all the guests around and i guess like the den yeah and he's interrogating paul 
Oh, yeah. He is laying into him. He thinks he's the werewolf. Yes. He is really laying into him. And Foot is just getting upset. Yeah. He, to- he throws a total hissy fit. Yeah. He runs into another room, mm-hmm. grabs the candlestick and holds it. And he says, look, mm-hmm. I, how am I a werewolf if I'm holding this silver? Right. I cannot be a werewolf. And I think it's at this point that Dr. Lundgren says that someone could actually put some kind of varnish on mm-hmm. their hands so they're not actually making contact mm-hmm. with the silver. So when they're grabbing it, it won't have any effect. And I thought that was very interesting that he knew that. Yeah, he kind of came up with that. And he's also wearing an awesome denim jacket in this scene. Yeah, over yeah. his Argyle sweater. Yes, I yes. love it. It's yes. so 70s. Yes. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Cushing has some great wardrobe in this movie. They actually dressed him very young. And he's got a, his hair piece is a lot more fuller mm-hmm. than some of the He films. looks very haggard, though, and very thin. Well, this film, I think, was made post his wife's Wife, death, yeah. death, and he was very thin. His health had declined. Yeah. Or his physical appearance. Well, his physical appearance, they said that he just got extremely thin mm-hmm. after she died. Uh, after they hear about the thing with the varnish, New Cliff just kind of takes a bullet. Yeah, he's still on a mission to find his werewolf. He's like, everybody, I'm going to give you one silver bullet and you're going to put it in your mouth because you can't varnish or you can't coat the inside of your mouth. Mm-hmm. So you'll put it inside of your mouth and then we will know. And he makes Paul put it in his mouth. Yeah, I think Paul's the first one. Yeah, and I thought he was going to make them all put the same bullet in at first. I no, was like, ew. No, no. I think yeah, he just pops a different bullet for yeah, everybody. I, I was like, wow. Thank yes. you. And when he gives it the, to Peter Cushion, he wipes his bullet off with a rag. Yeah, I kind of like that little touch I was like, right there. what is he doing? What's I, up with that? I was like, what does he know that they don't know? I thought that maybe... Well, everything. He knows everything. Well, he knows everything. And also, in all honesty, I just kind of thought, well, maybe he thought, well, that's going to have gun oil on it and everything. Mm-hmm. And he wants it clean when he puts it in his right. mouth. So he put it in his mouth and he's fine. Davina does it. She's fine. And then we get to Caroline. Caroline. Caroline, yeah. And you notice something right away. As soon as Newcliff drops it in her hand, you don't catch it really quick, but then you see her just go flinch when it drops in and her hand. And he turns his back. And turns his back as he walks away. But then away. she makes this noise that makes him turn back. She kind of lets out a, a scream. And then he turns around and she has wear like she hair. She the bullet up to her mouth, and then you see the hair on the mm-hmm. back of her and hand. And then she morphs into the yeah. And then she morphs into the, to wolf. the German Shepherd. Yeah, the German Shepherd wolf. <laughs> she jumps out at Newcliff, and then he fires. He shoots her. He shoots her and kills her. And Davina becomes hysterical because that's her best friend. Yeah, and Davina gets slapped. Yeah, Peter Cushing just walks up so awkwardly and just smacks her. Yeah, and he yeah he just he just knocks the hell. He's out. like, shut up, woman. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> This was back in days when you could still uh, slap women, I guess. Uh, I, that that scene is another one that always catches me off guard every time I see it. And this scene is the only time you ever see some emotion in Tom. He's very shaken. Outside of when he smiled at the dog a little bit. Yeah. Outside of that, you could see... It took his wind out of his sails. Yeah, it broke him. Yeah, because right he here. didn't suspect her. And that's kind of yeah. calls back to when she said, what do you do? If you find out it's me, and he said, pow. Yeah, and he did it. And that's what happened. that's what happened. And And he's confused, because she was in the barn earlier with with the werewolf. With the wolf. So he's confused how she could be the werewolf. Yeah, but then Lundgren says something like, the dog was infected. Yeah, and he was like... Davina had a cut on her hand, so their blood mingled. 
he mentions that if you get bitten by a werewolf, you become a werewolf. Yes. And Tom says she wasn't bitten, the dog was. Yes. And Peter says she had an open cut on her hand and touched the dog's blood. Yes. So it transferred. It was like she was just infected from the dog. She wasn't infected by a bite. She was infected by the dog. So that means we have another werewolf. We have the real original werewolf. werewolf. And about that time, Davina screamed. And Tom runs up the stairs and Davina's standing over a dead blonde hippie. He has his throat like it's been ripped ripped, ripped out. And I was thinking, is she the werewolf? She has blood all over her nightgown. Yes. But she's hysterical like like she didn't, she just walked up on him and he was dead. Yes. So you're like, okay, this is weird. Is she the werewolf? Is she not the werewolf? And Peter Cushion, instead of smacking her, walks up and hugs her this time. Yeah, well, I think he already (laughs) popped her once. So I guess he kind of figures out that's enough for now. (laughs) New Cliff is pretty frazzled by this because that was actually his prime suspect. He, through the whole movie, has thought this man was not only has he basically killed his wife, but his prime suspect is dead. And I wondered how this happened and they didn't hear anything. I don't know. Like, um, nobody heard anything. Where was she? Yeah, where, I don't know. That was the question, too. And that's, I think, one of the things when so I was So you're running kid, through. You're running through. There's only one person it could be. There's only one person left. It could be. And I said, Newcliff, he has uh, one bullet left in his gun. And he goes outside, and he sees the German Shepherd werewolves right on the line waiting for him. Yes. And more the day for night. Yeah, and the werewolf runs into the woods, and Tom follows him. He follows them out there. And, and then they have a stare down. Yeah, but here's the thing about it. Does Newcliff see the wolf or is he looking around and the wolf is kind of blending in yeah. with the dark yeah. and he can't make yeah. out where he's at? That I was don't why know. I, I just thought they were staring at each other. I thought that he was like looking around, but he couldn't actually see him at first. But like he, he was being hunted. Yeah, like, but yeah, like he was being hunted. He mm-hmm. knew the wolf was there, but he couldn't see like where he was. He was no longer the you hunter. Kind of, he was about to yeah, get. Yeah, you could get a sense that that mm-hmm. was it. And the werewolf just jumps straight over him yeah. and then quickly turns back at him and knocks him down. They're fighting. Yeah, they're fighting and they're rolling around on the ground. And then a gunshot. Gunshot and the werewolf ho- like hollers. And rolls off of it. And he and rolls it on its back and then it, it face kind of morphs back into... Yeah, face morphs back. Yawns. And then it's yawn. Yawn. Yeah. And he's kind of the one that... There, when you look back, there were clues, points to him. Yeah, there were points to it. But it was like he was constantly trying to throw it off of him by being a sacrifice all the time. Like he kept putting himself as, don't take, just take me, don't take them. He was constantly standing up, leave her alone, yeah. you know, just deal with me. He was, he was constantly play. playing the martyr. Yes, exactly. But that's, but what, I that's what I think made Tom not really pay attention to him as Isn't much. It? Yeah, that's yeah. what I was. It, it turns out to be him. Like I said, I was, my first time watching this, as I said, I thought it was Davina. I first thought it was Davina, but her expressions and her weirdness, yes. the way she was acting. And then I homed in on Peter Cushion because he was so knowledgeable. He was always, because he had the knowledge and you wondered why he had all that knowledge. Or how he knew all that when yeah. he was only an archaeologist. Well, that's the one thing. Outside of what these people are, you don't really get much right. more into their backgrounds. Yeah. So, yeah, why was Peter Cushing fascinated with Lycan? Right. Because he yeah. could he have just wanted to know more about what he had. So that, that was he, was, yeah. he was my choice, my first choice, and she was my second. I never even suspected Jan. I didn't either. I didn't either. Even though I remembered back where he tried, he was the very first that tried to escape in yeah. that car. Yes, he was the first one trying yeah. to get away. Yeah, 
And I guess maybe that's the one way they did it pretty well. They kind of telegraphed it away mm-hmm. uh, from you, you know, by doing that. And then the scene where she was saying he had a setback. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I was going for Davina just because of just the looks at the table mm-hmm. and how she wanted to take Jan because right. of a setback. And right. that's what we was talking about earlier. I thought, mm-hmm. oh, this she is a way for me to, to use get him away. as a diversion. Yeah. Because I even remember when I was a kid. Paul Foote was the one I didn't think was him. Yeah, because it was too obvious. Yeah, it was too obvious it was him because yeah. he was so fixated on it. But him. I think Even, that was the thing in this movie. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting that they spun it that way. Yes. And, uh, okay, now we go Even to... Even though I felt like when you were doing the countdown at the end when dead, when Blonde Hippie was dead, you knew it was Jan. But then why even do the morph thing? I think just to confirm it. Just to, for, for yeah. Yeah, just to confirm it. In for case people. slow people that didn't get it. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> There's always slow people. I was like, hippie Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably the only movie where he's played a werewolf. Yeah. So. But after the wolf is uh, killed and revealed, we go to Lundgren and Davina coming out. Lundgren's got a rifle. Yeah, and he's he's and telling Davina he's sorry because he just killed her boyfriend slash husband, yeah, well, whoever then, he was. But you see Newcliff walking up. Yeah, basically what you said, you know, is like, well... He's like, I'm sorry, Davina. Yeah. But I wondered if... Did she already know? Was she standing there That's something I was actually when gonna get into. she saw him kill Blonde Hippie? I was actually going to get into but that in my just, final thoughts because it was strange. Yeah. Did she actually know She had blood all over. Did she? Was she down there with him or did she just get I don't in know. the middle of it or... I'm not sure. I didn't know if Davina even knew if he was a werewolf or not. Yeah. That was something I was going to get into in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, was I would know always, if you was a werewolf. I think you would know if anybody, if you were, whoever you were married to or in a relationship with it was a werewolf. <laughs> I would hope you would. But I always wondered that because it was very strange. Did she know he was sick and she was trying to protect him? It never really. Yeah, it never really got no. into that. I mean, it's just one of those things that's kind of left pretty vague mm-hmm. and you don't know. And But anyway, Newcliffe sits down and Lundgren asked him if he's okay. He said, no, I'm just kind of bruised up a little bit. And he takes his coat off and then you see blood. Yeah, on his arm. On his arm. Yeah. And, like, uh, and, uh, and then he like rips his sleeve off and, and he, then you see where... He said he got bit, but it looked like a scratch to me. I like guess it scr- could have been teeth. It could have been teeth that scratched him, yeah. but just enough. And then Newcliffe is just in shock. Shock. Like, it bit me. And Lundgren just is kind of taken aback like, oh, mm-hmm. no. He's in complete disbelief that he's conquered his biggest hunt, and now he will turn into a werewolf. Yeah, and now he's going to become what yeah. he hunted. And Davina becomes hysterical again. And she's yeah. like, we've got to be, there's got to be something we can do for him. There's well, got to be a cure. And Lundgren said there's only there's one only cure. There's only one cure, and you know what that is. New Cliff grabs, because he's about to take the silver bullet. Mm-hmm. Or Lundgren's about to grab it, then Newcliff kind of moves his hand away, and he then he puts it. his hand on the silver bullet, and you can kind of see when he yeah, grabs it. because he's him. already... It's already yeah. hurting him. He takes the bullet and the gun, and he just kind of does... I like how they do this in, like, one shot. Newcliff just walks into the room, into, like, the dining room, I believe it is. And he's just looking around. He's just looking around one last time. He sets the gun on the floor with the bullet in there, and I, he just kind of sets his head down there on the barrel. You see him move his hand down there to the trigger. You cut to the outside of the house. Gunshot. Credits. Credit. And that's it. That's yeah. why I love how these old British movies end. They do not. There's no. I was like, damn, that was quick. Yeah, there's no 500 endings like Return to King or anything like that. There's none of that. The, the, the British films, the Hammer films and Amicus films, when they end, they, they end. end. The monster is barely even dead. <laughs> 
still twitching. Yeah, he's still twitching on the ground, and they're like Hammer Films, a production of Hammer Films or something. And there you go. You're like, wow, okay. And that's one thing I love about those movies because they don't they don't mess around. They don't fuck around. Not at all. It's like peace out, we're out. Yeah, yeah, we're done. Y'all, y'all go home now. And that is The Beast Must Die. Okay, now what is your uh, thoughts on this film? Well, you know, like I said at the beginning, like I struggled a little bit with this, but I did. I love talking about it. It's very interesting and it really did spin you at the end because they were, it was, you know, red herons everywhere. Everybody was a red heron. Like the one that it was, they were just really good at masking that, like doing the red heron thing. I didn't never really suspected him. Even when he was running at the beginning, I didn't. Just the way he acted. Yeah, he kind of acted a little bit more. I don't know if meek is the right word. I don't want to say scared, like he just was scared of being there. Yeah, because really the only time you see him kind of have outbursts is when Davina Mm -hmm. was being yelled at. Yeah, Yeah. and that's really the the time. And that's his girlfriend or wife, whichever. Yeah, yeah, I I said I'm still pretty vague on that. Yeah, you go ahead. I enjoyed it. Like when you said we were going to do this one, like you know we've done all kinds of different things so far. Mm -hmm. So I thought you wanted to go off and do one that was kind of just, and I wouldn't even describe this as cheesy. You kind of always said it was, but I wouldn't say it was. There's only one aspect of it to me. It's cheesy, yeah, but... The I, werewolf. Yeah, the werewolf is kind of a cheesy kind of gimmick. Thing. That and the werewolf itself is oh, yeah, cheesy. Yeah. I thought it was... There was a couple parts that kept me on the edge of my seat. I was like, what the heck? I was really glad we did it. Yeah. Like, it, it'll go down as one that's kind of like... It really is a mystery. Even Tom just felt like he knew who it was. But he was so blinded by getting what he wanted, that he wasn't paying attention to anything else. Well, there you go. Even that his own wife had been become one. Because <laughs> he's just, he always just kind of kept to himself and just, he was just in his little guy obsession that he's just not paying attention to anything around him. But that's that's pretty much what that's I... That's pretty much what you think. So yeah. overall, you did like yeah. it. You enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's what counts at the end. You know. I mean, I wouldn't it. really say that. It wasn't scary to no, me. No, no. It wasn't I, like a horror movie to me. Like, yeah. Well, like I said, that's what I, we talked about that earlier. It su- still surprises me that the film is a PG because yeah. there's a couple of gory kind of shots mm-hmm. in the film. But So that was pretty much yours? Yeah. Well, this is a film I picked it. So, of course, I do like it. And I've already kind of went into my history of watching this film. But this is just a solid little kind of B movie. There's no huge life lessons that you're going to learn at the end of this film or anything like that. It's just a fun kind of 90 minute. And that's the way I always take this movie. I guess what you'd almost say, something like an Agatha Christie novel, but with a werewolf thrown yeah. into it. Didn't you say like the Ten Little Indians, Ten little Indians kind, kind of thing? thing. And, or, and then there were none, you know, something a bit like that. I don't know. I thought all the actors were really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was solid acting. Yeah, there wasn't the any bad acting. For a film that was done on a pretty low budget, they did a decent job. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I guess it's just one of those cases of here's what we got to work with. Yeah. We'll just have to make it work as best as we can. And they, they did. I thought they kind of hit it pretty well. I mean, the more I watch the film, the more you can kind of pick up on clues mm-hmm. to see who the werewolf was. You know, because when I first watched it, I still remember thinking, oh, there ain't no way you could figure that out who it was Mm-mm. watching it. But then as you kind of watch it, particularly when we watched it back to back almost like yeah. we did, and then I was watching it again, I'm like, yeah, okay, you can kind of see. Well, really, the only thing that really stood out to me was that it really could have just been any of them. Yeah, I mean, it could have been. There but... was not 
other than him just constantly railing on about Blonde Hippie. Yeah, I think, and that was why, like I said, I never thought it was mm-hmm. him. Because when I watched this when I was a kid, I kept leaning toward Davina. She was strange, constantly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like when I watched that when I was a kid, I leaned toward her. And then, of course, you know, I was surprised because like I said, I still remember watching this movie when I was a kid on TV. And I just remember like, whoa, it wasn't her. When I look at this film, and then we'll go into this one and go into the trivia a little bit. This wasn't a film that... One of the people that was running Amicus Films exactly had a lot of love for. I mean, I still think this is a solid film. I don't think this is a classic in any way, but I think it's a good time. And I'm one of these people, I'm not a huge fan of remakes, but this is a film I would be kind of curious if you could get someone like a Guillermo del Toro or somebody like that to do a remake of this movie just to see what they would do with it. You know, because I think the low budget on this film kind of hurts it at times, but it's mm. not overwhelming. But like I said, I, this is one of those films I do feel like a remake would be interesting and to it's, see. And it's, you know, like um, it's coming on Svangoolie, March 27th. I think it's the last Saturday yeah. of the month. So you'll have lots of people watching it yeah. that may have never seen it. That's true. Yeah, I'm actually, yeah. I actually, when that comes on at night, I'm going to be curious to see yeah. how many people have actually mm-hmm. seen this film before. You know, I mean, I do feel like maybe a remake might not be a bad idea if they ever decide this, to do it. And today, I don't know, they may butcher it. <laughs> yeah, it could be. But did, I'm going to go into it in a trivia. If anything, this is based on a short story, I think. Yeah, and you know who story. I who I would have play him is um Luther. I, Idris Elba? Yeah, oh, that's who I would oh, have him okay. play. Well, I can see that. I didn't even yeah, think about that. I would have him play. Oh, well, there we go. We already got uh, Wonder Rolls <laughs> cast right there. To me, really kind of summing up on this movie, this is another one that kind of falls into uh, what I call the lazy Saturday afternoon. You know, if you you know got Saturday afternoon, really nothing to do. It moves it quick. This is a quick 90 minutes, and mm-hmm. you'll have fun watching it. I mean, so I said, don't go into it expecting some classic film that has, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I said, don't go into it expecting something like Lawrence of Arabia or anything <laughs> like that. You know, uh, if you're just wanting a good time, hour and a half movie, this will fit the bill. Uh, like I said, there's an excellent Blu-ray of it out there. Uh, I think it's even on Amazon Prime. If my memory is correct. I think it's on there. I think it's on Tubi TV yeah. also. So that's free. You can watch it pretty much anywhere. And like I said it's well worth looking at. But I guess now we will go into the trivia. And if you want to, I'll let you do your trivia first because okay. I've got like about two pages of it. Um, well, I was kind of brain dead, so I just copied from IMDb. Okay. One of the unforeseen challenges of casting a black actor was it caused problems lighting the numerous day-for-night sequences. Cost-cutting method where nighttime scenes were shot in the day with the addition of special filters to make it appear that it was filmed at night. So him being black was a challenge. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Robert... Quarry was originally slated to play the lead. Yeah, that's one of the things I had. He was Count Yorga, and he was originally supposed to be. Yeah, and it says, but at the last minute, the producers went with Calvin Lockhart in order to capitalize on the then-hot Blacks exploitation craze yeah this was back when shaft and coffee so your black leads were yeah they were big very popular at that time because yeah. i thought it was very and this is not racist at all but you know in the 70s like black people had a certain way that they spoke a lot like that jive yeah. way and he was so the way he spoke was very kind of proper and regal it got your attention yes from the very first moment that he spoke he was known to do 
Shakespeare. Yeah, so that makes like sense. That, so. so, okay, despite writer and director Paul and Annette's objections, producer Milton Sabosky, yes, who hated this movie, insisted on the werewolf break gimmick, mm-hmm. where the viewer was invited to guess who the werewolf is. Yes. And due to the small budget, the werewolf was played by a German Shepherd, duh, with a long tongue. His tongue was always dangling out of his mouth, which is very un-werewolf-like. That was a big tale. And the two British horror studios, Hammer and Amicus, produced numerous scary movies involving ghosts, vampires, and devils over a period of 20 years. Both of them, however, only produced one werewolf movie each. This was Amicus's effort. Hammer's was The Curse of the Werewolf. That's a good movie. 1961. That's one of An early starring... Vehicle for Oliver Reed. Oh, yeah. Peter Cushing gave Marlene Clark, which was Caroline, mm-hmm. a nosegay bouquet of flowers on her first day of the set. Yeah, those are flowers that are very sweetly kind of scented flowers. Yeah, so yeah. that's sweet. Yeah. According to writer and director Paul Annette, the role of Caroline Newcliffe was intended for Dane Shirley Bassey. Yeah, she's a singer, I oh. think. Yeah. However, she proved to be unavailable and Marlene Clark was hired at the suggestion of Calvin Lockhart. The last horror movie produced by Amicus, which had the involvement of co-founder Milton Sabosky. I guess they're saying this is the last horror movie they did. Yeah, together, yes. Yeah, and Marlene Clark was dubbed by Annie Ross. Yes, yes, I did, was not aware of that. Wow, I didn't even know there was any dubbing in it. No, I didn't either until I looked that up myself. This is the first movie in which a dog actually tackles and fights a werewolf. The more famous example is Eric Red's Bad Moon, 1996. But this is the first. Sadly, the dog character dies. The actual dog lived a long, happy life. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. Around 1972, Robert Shaw expressed an interest in playing the lead in this movie. Who's Robert Shaw? Quint and Jaws. Oh! He was experiencing a lull in his career and faced some large bills. Don Sharp was the intended director at the time. Tony Beckley, John Carson, and Michael Gow were considered for the role of Bennington. I don't, I can't, I don't know his name, don't ring a bell. Michael Gambon replaced Richard Harris as Albus Albus Dumbledore in the Harry Potter franchise as Harris passed away during the second film. Gambon appeared as Dumbledore in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban 2004, which also coincidentally featured a werewolf, Remus Lupin. (laughs) Considered for the role of Bennington were Harry Andrews, Bernard Archard, Richard Todd, Patrick Troughton, Jeffrey Balden, Francis Matthews, Richard Pascoe, Jeremy Kent, Vinsdale Landon, and Josh Acklin. Considered for the roles of Pavel were Harry Andrews, Michael Gow, which he was uh, again, Herbert Long, Patrick Troughton, Peter Arney, Peter Vaughn, Donald Houston, John Carson, Patrick McGee, Donald Pleasance, and Charles Gray. And my last one is Michael Gambon and Kieran Madden, which is Davina, worked together as husband and wife in Margaret in Margaret, 1992. Huh. That's all I had. I mean, I looked uh, up her and she did mostly TV mm-hmm. stuff yeah. after this. So that's interesting. My trivia, I got, this is a movie. It's based on a short story called There Shall Be No Darkness mm-hmm. by James Blish. I'm going to go into a little bit more of where the differences on this uh, come from later. Uh, director Paul Annette was offered the chance to direct Dracula AD 72, which I was not aware of until I was kind of 
digging into the, the background on some of these people. And I'm not really sure why he turned that one down or what happened where he didn't do that film because I actually like that film. It kind of gets a lot of shit from Hammer <laughs> Film fans, but I, I actually kind of like it because I, I, have, have, a I, have, a I have a poster in our living room. I it right up there in the living room here. <laughs> so I guess it shows that I like it. <laughs> that and, poster creeps me out, them eyes. Uh, well, yeah, I could see that. But it's a very cool poster. <laughs> it's a very cheesy movie, but it's a fun movie to watch. <laughs> and this was originally supposed to be a TV movie. Oh, wow. For the BBC. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, actually, in all honesty, you could sniff yeah, out those two little could things have, of blood. Yeah, it could have easily been one. On TV. Yeah. And also, Calvin Lockhart was pretty difficult on the set. Really? Well, yeah, yeah, the director said, now he said, don't get it wrong. He wasn't an, a, like an asshole yeah. or anything on the set. They said the thing about it is, is Lockhart was playing the character even more broad than what he was in the film. You know, very amped up even more. Arnett, Arnett had to kind of keep him Tell down. Tell him to, yeah. Dial it down. Dial it down, down. yeah. And he said Lockhart had a little bit of trouble because he said he knew he was cast because he was black. Oh. Because they knew the black exploitation thing that you right. were talking about. And he said that made Lockhart pretty uncomfortable. Well, that's understandable. Understandable. I mean, I yeah. can't argue. Uh, I can't. Because it's like you're being, they don't want you for your talent. Yeah. You know? Because he, Lockhart, uh, yeah, Lockhart said he even knew when he first read the script, he said this wasn't written for a black man. I would say that. I agree. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting when I heard mm -hmm. that. Because yeah, as I, soon as he spoke, I was like, really? But I mean, to me, I do look at it like it. But at the same time, maybe that was the time that it was in then. Yeah. Now, I would almost look at it like a parts apart. But I could see where back then you yeah. would see that. But now yeah. I don't know that I would see that. As well, much. especially if you probably take pride in your work. Yeah. And that you have talent and they don't want you for that. Yeah. Yeah. They're just using. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can kind of see the point on both sides of it, really. And okay. And Peter Cushing and Charles Gray, there was the point out there where they were playing chess. Neither one of them knew how to play chess. They didn't know what a chess board. They didn't know anything about it. So they, the director basically told them just make just it up. Just move stuff. Make yeah. it up as you go. Yeah. Just act like you're doing it. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I wouldn't have known that. I, I don't see. know how to play chess or checkers or any of that. The director's wife did most of the costuming on this film. The clothes are beautiful. Yeah. The she, women's clothes was like um, Caroline's clothes. She had, always had these jewelry, mm -hmm. beautiful jewelry, like these backless dresses. They were gorgeous. Yeah, I think there was only a few instances where she didn't. Cushing consulted on his wardrobe. Yes. He was um, like, I will wear an Argyle sweater. Well, he wanted, uh, I'm trying to remember what's the best way to word this. He wanted his character to look more kind of like a professional kind of. Mm -hmm. And he actually sent pictures of himself in his wardrobe to the director and said, would this look okay? Would this mm -hmm. look okay? Would this look okay? Mm -hmm. And the director looked at the photo and said, yeah, all this would be good. We'll, just well the denim it. jacket was a little odd then. Um, that wasn't very professional. It wasn't, but... but if you're on a vacation. I guess so. You know, because I could see it if you were like at work, you wouldn't mm -hmm. wear something like that. But if you were like, this was technically supposed to be a vacation. Right. Hostage. Yeah, yeah. And of course, something I mentioned earlier, the car uh, chase scene was added after Afterwards, the film because yeah. of, you know, they wanted more action uh, in the film, which, like I said, I don't really think that chase scene was necessary, <laughs> but, you know, I guess whatever works. Okay, now here's the one thing we was talking about this a little bit ago. This wasn't supposed to be set in England. Okay. You know where it was supposed to be set? Scotland. 
I get that. Yes, but nobody has a Scottish accent. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> yeah. And they really don't have British accents either. Uh, yeah, well, a few of them. Some of them do, but not for... Not, not but, strongly. Not, yeah, and I just know when I, I was looking at that, I was like, well, I That's a I lot. See. Yeah, I mean, I think because it's supposed to be going into an island and it's supposed to be like right. a Scottish right. island of some kind. And you get all the lore, Yeah, the dark lore Yeah, those you know, cultures. Yeah, I can kind of see that. The director said the only time Cushing was, I don't know if he even wanted to say difficult on the film. He just said Cushing kind of uh, wasn't exactly thrilled with something was the dinner scene. Because he was a vegetarian? Uh, well, it's not that it was that. Cushing was a guy who didn't like to rehearse. He was somebody who liked to just have his lines ready and you get to the scene and you do it. But the director said, well, I need... To do this dinner scene, we need to rehearse it because we got all these people in around this table, and I got to make sure I got every right. shot, and I got to make sure I have everything lined up. He said Cushing was a little reluctant, but he said, "Okay, I kind of see your point." And Cushing said, "That's the," he said, "That's the only other time he ever did a rehearsal outside of a Shakespeare play that he did." Wow. Yeah, because he said he kind of could see the director's point in that you got so many people around this table. Mm -hmm. that yeah, everybody's got to be on the same page. Yeah, and everybody's yeah. got to, you know, you got to make sure you got your shots mm -hmm. right and everything. Right. And I thought, well, that, yeah, I can definitely see the point. And they concentrated on each one of them, you know, all the time. And, of course, what I went into, Cushing was a vegetarian from what mm -hmm. they said. And, and they did. put raw meat in front of them. Well, it's like, uh, what's in uh, Napoleon Dynamite? Cousin, that guy, Cousin Rico, mm -hmm. he was a vegetarian. Yeah. But you always seen him cutting into these steaks all the time. But you would always notice when he, he was watching It didn't show him eating it. You, you see him putting his mouth, but mm -hmm. then you see him wipe his mouth and like he was kind of spitting it back in there and throwing <laughs> it out. Yeah, I caught that a couple times in that movie. Okay, and the day for night stuff, not only was that a cost-effective way to do things, something about in England at the time, they had very strict unions there that you could not work past a certain amount of hours ah. a day. So you could only work from <clears throat> 7 to 5 or 7 to 6. So what made them be in this area? Like the home? The property? Oh. What made them actually film where they filmed it? Oh, that was just a location that they oh, had. okay. Yeah, that was it. I mean, like I said, they had to shoot like it because they couldn't shoot at night. So they really didn't have a choice a lot of the time. And like I said, also it's a cost-effective thing because it's harder to light things for night shoots than right. day shoots. So I can kind of see their point there. Okay. And uh, the director hated shooting the dog fight scene. I hated watching it. Yeah. Because them dogs are very aggravated with each other. Well, he said, unfortunately, for a couple of the shots, they had to get the dogs angry at each other. But, but you know that was common in yeah. the 70s? Yeah. But he said, here was the thing. He shot those close-ups of the dogs angry with each other. But he said, if you noticed to scenes where it looks like the dogs are attacking each other. They're... The way he sped it up, they were playing. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've seen a lot of things from the 70s that were the animals, like uh, like a, a dog would fight with a bear mm -hmm. or a cougar, yeah. you know, something off in the wild. Yes. And it would be like they are actually fighting, you know. Well, the director said he's a dog lover, so he said yeah, he, was I didn't like watching he was not thrilled with shooting yeah. that scene, but he said... The dogs were, he got those few shots where the dogs were kind of angry with mm -hmm. each other. But he said, he said after that, they were kind of playing around because if you look at the film, you can see their dogs are wagging their tails <laughs> like they're having fun. I just looked at the one with snarling and the other had his bare in his teeth. Yes. I was like, oh no. Yeah. That was uh, thankfully not as uh, terrible as I thought it was. Yeah. And the scene of the wolf coming through the skylight was a woman 
a stunt woman in a costume in a wolf skin. Wow! Because they didn't want to drop the dog. Well, that makes sense. So what just they drop had, a woman in. <laughs> they had a female stunt woman because she was smaller. Yeah. It really quick shot. She yeah, would pass for it. Because you didn't even notice. So they said basically she came through there. She had a wolf skin on it and they had a bunch of like heavy cardboard boxes for her to she land just in. She fell on that. And she just fell right into that. Wow. And of course she went into uh, Marlene Clark was dubbed, which I was stunned yeah. by. Uh, the director was not happy with the werewolf for a conclusion. Yeah. He, to put it mildly, he hated it. It does kind of give it a like a corny kind of well, goofy. They were, they were going for that William Castle yeah. kind of thing, you yeah. know, like if you watch that movie The Tingler, and then all of a sudden the movie stops, and Vincent Price, Price is telling everybody, "Watch out, the Tingler is loose in the theater." And then they used to have these little buzzers on back of some of the chairs, and then it would turn the buzzers on, so you think the Tingler was coming up your spine. Oh no! Yeah, that, that kind of thing, which I would love to have been in. I'd be like, "Don't day. fuck with me." Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would love to have been in the theater back then for that. But yeah, he was not a huge fan of that. But he said at the same time, you know, he said, well, people like it. Yeah. So he says. We're going with it. Well, he said that he just kind of felt like it stopped the film cold because he said it ends on that scene where New Cliff catches foot. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you get that werewolf break and then it goes right into that. And he said the cut would have been better if you would just went right into that because it cuts off the tension. It does. Okay. The short story. This is why I think you could almost remake this because I would be curious. I actually want to find this short story and read it. The character of Davina was a witch. Wow. In the short story. Lundgren and Paul Foote were the main characters. Paul Foote was actually investigating. Oh, okay. What was going on with Lundgren. And Newcliffe was there, but he was more of a supporting character in the story Mm -hmm. than what they were. So it sounds like they kind of just took the basic, I mean, it's a short story. They kind of took the basic idea of it and just kind of spun it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I'd be very curious to read this short story. That's why I was thinking this might be, you know, because technically you're not remaking the film. You could just do another adaptation of this story and just do it, maybe kind of try to keep it a little bit more. Because I was trying to think of why was Davina a witch? Because I know even the director said he did not read the short story before he made the film. He said if he would have, he would have probably included that in it of her being a wit. But I thought that was a pretty interesting little uh, little tidbit. That there. would have been hard the way the movie was to kind of fit all that in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now I don't know how he would have fit it in. it so fast. But, I mean, he could have, uh, I guess he could have kind of figured it out, maybe did a rewrite on it and worked that right. in there somehow. But I thought that would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. But really, that's pretty much all the trivia that I have. I had like about two pages. That's probably the most trivia I've had in a while. <laughs> okay, now your favorite part. Oh, God, I'm getting uh, quizzed. Quiz, uh, quiz. I'm always lazy and don't make, I don't put you through hell. It's because, uh, I guess, you know, you just shoot me in the head like, you know, like you like to do. So, okay, I got my usual. I have six questions for you. Okay, multiple choice. Multiple choice. Now, this first one you will get. So, okay. I'm actually giving you a free one here. Okay. Michael Gambon replaced Richard Harris to play what character in the Harry Potter series? Dumbledore. Yes, you got that one correct. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now you're going to get me. Um, well, it's hard to say. You might get some of these. Okay. Which TV series did Calvin Lockhart not appear in? Okay. A, Miami Vice. B, Dynasty. C, Starsky and Hutch. Oh, shit. I don't know. You got a one in three shot of getting it. Dynasty? Wrong. Dang. It is a Miami Vice. I don't know him at all. Calvin Lockhart. Yeah. 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 He. Uh, Who was it? What was the answer? 
uh, Dynasty. Or, oh, what was show was he not in? Yeah. Miami Vice. Miami Vice. Yeah. Okay. He was in Dynasty. Okay. Which Dracula film did Peter Cushing not appear as Van Helsing? Which, Why are you asking me this stuff? Film? I don't know. Well, oh my God. Yeah, there was, which of these three films was he not in? As Star Van Wars. <laughs> A, he wasn't Star Wars. A, Scars of Dracula. B, Brides of Dracula. C, Horror of Dracula. Dude, I don't know. Well, guess what? <laughs> B. Incorrect. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> it was A, Scars of Dracula. See, I don't, I've don't. never seen any of those. So how would I know that? <laughs> well, I'm giving you a one of three shot. Yeah, I know they're fun, aren't they? <laughs> okay, Charles Gray appeared in two James Bond movies. No. Which one of which of these three did he not appear? A. You only live twice. B. Live and let die. C. Diamonds are forever. You make a quiz for somebody who watches movies, <laughs> and I don't. Well, this is a learning experience here. I don't even remember what two questions you just asked me. Well, you next time you get to ask these questions, you'll say, "Oh, I know." Charles, who was Bennington? Yeah, he was Bennington. I don't know. Which one? I'm just going to say A. Uh, wrong. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> it was B. Live and let die. <laughs> Asshole. What made so mean? Um, <laughs> what studio was the Beast Must Die? Where was it shot? Was the choices? Studi- the studio's name. A. Bray Studios. B. Pinewood. C. Shepperton Studios. I don't know. How would I know any of this? Because it was in the credits. <laughs> I didn't watch them. I don't know. Pinehurst? There ain't one of them. <laughs> I can't even remember what Pinewood. Pinewood? Yeah, Bray Studios, Pinewood, Shepperton Studios. No, I don't know. Which one? The Pine one. Mm, incorrect. <laughs> it is Shepperton Studios. That's the house. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the house that they shot it at. That's what All Shepperton right. was. Last question. Anton Differing appeared in what Hammer film with Peter Cushing? A, Curse of Frankenstein, B, Shatter, C, Twins of Evil. C. Incorrect. C. It was B. You just did the first one so I wouldn't miss all of them. Your stupid quizzes. Well, I actually thought that you would guess a couple of these. How would I? I've never seen any of that shit. (laughs) (laughs) You suck. (laughs) Well, I actually thought because sometimes you would actually get them on a guess. But you got five wrong and one right. Well, when you don't, when you're pulling from an empty bag, like yeah. of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> well, looks like I said, you can't win them all. Nope. Yeah, you can't win them all. <laughs> but like I said, that ends the quiz, and that pretty much ends the podcast. And okay. now we will uh, pass it over to Sherry, and okay. you'll find out what we're doing on episode six, right? Right. I since life is just so cruddy right now mm-hmm. you know with covid and we're working our asses off oh yes i just wanted to have some fun mm-hmm. and discuss pick something that was funny that it's a movie that i adore back to my childhood so i chose 1989's the burps oh yeah that's um, a great choice starring tom hanks carrie fisher bruce stern and this movie's full of awesome actors yes. that just kind of bring the film to life well, and this is a Joe Dante movie. Yeah. That's like one of, he's yeah. one of my favorite directors, yeah. so I'll be very happy to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, I just wanted to laugh, and there's so much in this movie that we're just going to laugh our asses yes. off, I think. Oh, yeah. I 
I enjoy this film a great deal. So if you hadn't picked it at some yeah. point, I would have. So yeah. either way, it was going to get picked at I some point. I just love this movie. Yeah. I mean, I cannot fault you for that choice mm-hmm. at all. But, but that's episode six. Episode six. All right. And I guess we will let you go until next time. And we'll talk to you again soon. And I am David. And I am Sherry. And we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.